TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Uh, we are actually down to 68 degrees, still a very pleasant Saturday evening, Seven eleven in the Twin Cities. Well, our next guest is somebody that you know well, WCCO Radio listeners. Roshini Rajkumar can be heard every Sunday here with news and views. And, and you may have heard the promos because they are on for her new podcast, which is a podcast. It's a whole new world out there. It's not, it's not brand new, but it's just, it's really cool because you can really kind of delve into topics. And Rashini has her own podcast on leadership. So Rashini, welcome. And thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Esme. I always love talking about the podcast. It has been one of the best things I've done in a long while. And it's just, brought me a lot of joy, and we're getting a lot of great feedback about it. Well, the show News and Views is so good. I mean, you should listen to it on, on Sunday afternoons uh, with Rashini. But I, I love, you know, I was talking earlier with Sloan Martin, who just got the big job as the voice of, of the Minnesota Lynx. I love hearing stories about how people kind of branch out and go in a different direction. I mean, this is not, I mean, what made, gave you the idea for a podcast. And for those of you, I mean, your background is really extraordinary. You started out, you know, being a, a reporter and an anchor for, you know, TV, and you were very good at that. But you, you, you were like, hey, I'm going to go in my own direction. I'm going to form, form my own company. I mean, I, I always think those people who do that are really gutsy. And then you decided, well, I think I'll stick my hand into radio. And then you've got the podcast. Tell us a bit of, about that journey, because I think people love hearing those stories. Thanks, Esme. Well, some may call it gutsy. Others may call it crazy. <laughs> but and, you've been so um, successful. I mean, it's it's really cool. You know, and everything I did in TV, about a decade-long career on air and TV in different markets, including Minneapolis, and my last uh, TV news market was Detroit. And I left that 13 years ago to move back home to Minneapolis to start my business. And I do executive coaching and, and professional speaking all over the country. But I fell in love with talk radio, Esme, when I was in TV, just like you. I mean, you're on TV and the radio every day, but when I was on TV or every week, when I was in TV, our sister stations in the different markets would ask me to come on and promote my sweeps pieces or fill in for their morning show. And I just fell in love with the medium that is radio. It's so intimate. It's so amazing. So when I started my business in 2006, it was really in my business plan to have a radio show one day. I did not know how exactly that was going to happen, and I'm so glad it happened in August of 2012 with my Sunday show. And then, you know, this whole concept of the podcast, and they are growing, and they're really becoming the biggest uh, exponential growth for audio on demand right now. And so even though podcasts don't have as large of an audience as radio, the growth is bigger than any other medium out there. And as a business person, these 13 years of being a business owner, I've also understood the different things that drive those people out in the business world, whether it's to hire me or the different things they're looking at for their people. And we're finding that traditional media is taking a little bit of a second seat to some of the audio on demand. You know, it's 
people's schedules. They can't always be home for the six o'clock news to watch you on Channel 4, Esme. But luckily, they can watch you later online, you know, things like that, or listen to you on the radio. So this whole podcast started kind of brewing in me last year. And some of it came from the Minnesota Twins getting on our air. And, you know, you and I both have been preempted by Twins games and wanting to give my appointment listeners who are used to listening to me every Sunday from 12 to 3, wanting to give them something in replacement during the Twins season when they don't hear me. That's right. kind of how it started. And there are a and lot I, of Twins games on. We love the Twins. There are a do. lot of Twins games on Sunday afternoons. There are. And in fact, tomorrow I wasn't going to have a show, but I found out earlier today I do have a show tomorrow from 12 to 2 because the Twins changed their game time. So that was... Wow, Rashini. That's another conversation. Tune into Rashini. I'm sure you'll, you'll, you'll nail it. <laughs> so thank you. You're so kind. So what we did, and, and our program director, John Hansen, has been instrumentally supportive in this. He said to me in January, when do you want to launch this podcast this year? And I said, well, my first preempted show is February 24th. Let's launch it then. It will come out every Sunday, which would be like when my normal show is on. But the beauty of online is it comes online and you can go get it whenever you want it. Right. So this Sunday... Uh, you will hear Daryl Thompson, former NFL player, Green Bay Packer, current CEO of Boulder Options. He is my episode 11. So this thing is only almost three months old. It is a new podcast, and it is called Real Leaders with Rashini. But I think of it more as an inspirational and a lifestyle podcast, even more than a leadership podcast. It's highly curated, as me, 15 to 20 minutes each episode you are going to get leaders from all different industries, from former Super Bowl champions like Greg Jennings and his wife, Nicole, who now has a fashion store, Queen Anna House of Fashion in the North Loop, to former Minnesota twin, Corey Kosky, to Rolf Nordstrom, who is the CEO of Great Plains Institute, who's working on energy issues and the energy grid day in and day out. You're going to get a snapshot into their lives, things that have been trials and tribulations for them, as well as successes, hopefully yeah. you're inspired. I have been inspired by all these leaders. Well, see, I, and that's what, you know, I really enjoy, uh, and I think the thing that, that's so great about it is you're focusing on these individuals. I love sort of the backstories. Like, I love hearing, you know, people thought I was crazy, and I, but I thought I was going to take a, this jump into this, and I thought I was going to have a radio show. I mean, I think people are so fascinated by how people make those deal with uncertainties and deal with trying to mold their careers or mold their successes and how they, they deal with things. I, I mean, I think people are really interested to learn that and to hear it. And, and I think the your podcast is a perfect avenue for that because you get these stories and you get the backstory. Uh, you which, get which, the backstory. Yeah, which and is people great. People are comfortable sharing it. And I have to tell you, you know, my background in television and being a broadcaster for going on 24 years – all of it led to this day to be able to do the podcast the way I'm doing it, right? Because I don't think I could get some of the leaders I'm getting if I didn't already have this radio show on WCCO Radio for almost seven years. And leaders are used to either coming on or getting pitched by their PR people. And so they trust me. And then the other really cool element of this podcast is we tape it at Capitol Grill in the wine room in downtown Minneapolis. So it's a whole See, different. Rashini Rajkumar is a really smart lady. Okay, that's. Oh. I'm just going to tell you. <laughs> well, you have to be a guest. Like, 
like, I think we're going to turn the tables on you. You're going to have to come on and be a guest yeah. with me. So one of your colleagues, our friend Heather Brown, um, has honored me by telling me that she listens to my podcast on her runs, on her morning runs. It, and it's very digestible because they're 15 to 20 minutes each. That's about it. They max out at 20 minutes. So you can easily binge less, listen to them if you're not listening every week. My husband subscribes, and he listens every Monday. And then I get text messages about his report on that week's podcast. <laughs> so it's really, really fun. And the other thing is I've gotten some really nice messages from the featured people in that they will drop me a line and say, you know, thank you for that. I never get asked these kinds of questions. But my whole life as a you know past TV reporter and then talk show host – led to this because there is just something so beautiful about the interview. Even when I was in TV, the favorite part of my day was when I would be one-on-one doing those interviews and bringing things out of people. And then in my radio show, some of my favorite interviews are those high-profile leaders and icons and bringing out certain elements and unique elements in them. And that's what the podcast is. It's just that. It's those high-profile movers and shakers um, we just have some great people coming up. Uh, I'm, get, I'm getting set to do my May taping on Tuesday morning. I'll tape five episodes in one day, and then those will dole out every week. One of those people is Libby Larson. She's a U of M grad. She's a worldwide known composer. She's been composing for 50 years, and I'm honored that she's going to join me in Capitol Grill in the wine room and talk about what makes her tick and also talk about why... Mr. Spock is one of her inspirations. I can't <laughs> wait to get into that. But see, I think that's Maybe. the kind of thing that pe- that people love because, like, let's say you were in a TV interview and you, you're focusing, you'd probably focus on just, you know, what she's doing or whatever, but you don't. I think those are the things that are so intriguing and so interesting. And, and this is a forum where you can do that and you can let it breathe. Can let it breathe, and I always say to them, we're not going to be time sensitive here. I'm not going to talk about your next event or your next movie or whatever it is. I want this to be relevant. If someone tunes in for the first time in three years, I want the conversation to be inspirational even then. And it's also fun, Esme. I ask people, I mean, we're in Capitol Grill, so I ask people, if you were a cocktail or a drink, what would you be? <laughs> and Angelina Lawton, who is CEO of Sports Oh, Canada, sure. She's a she... rock star. She's married to Brian Lawton, former NHL player. She was my debut episode, and she is amazing. That's a good debut episode. Oh, my God. Kick-ass debut yeah. episode. Yeah. And you know what she'd be? A margarita. Little, I believe that, yes. A little sweet. <laughs> and, and just to be able to ask them that question and they go there with me. And, you know, I hope people are inspired. That's really my intent. It's just, it's the inspiration. And I am I'm so blessed that I'm in a position that I can get some of these leaders. And now we're at the point, Esme, where they and their PR people are, are coming to you. Me, and they want to come on. We are booking into September. That's how popular people want to be on it because they kind of want to share this stuff and it's not live. So if they truly do blunder, I mean, but these are really unedited conversations. We have yet the digital team, Jared, Dan, and I have yet to edit anything out. Right. And, 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 and the thing is they can always be accessed. You know, Mm -hmm. that, 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 that's, that's the really cool thing. I mean, that's the cool thing about on demand. I want to let people know where they can find you because some people might, you know, some people are up on podcasting right there and, and, and it's, so accessible. You can you can access it. You know when you're running. You can access it if you're you know cooking dinner. Um, but it's wccoradio.com forward slash real leaders. 
That's, that's the easiest way online. And then if you have apps, it's on the radio.com app. It's on Stitcher, Google Play, and iTunes. Some people have just a podcast app. You can search it under Real Leaders with Rashini. You'll find it. And I would love it if you subscribe because then it just shows up on your phone. You right. know? And it's just so easy. And it's really been fun because I've got 17-year-olds who I'm getting emails from that they're listening. And I have 70-year-olds that are telling me this is really great. And that is just, I'm so honored by it. And I'm really, really excited that people share their stories. I mean, we talked Jesus with Corey Kosky. I found out why Nicole and Greg Jennings' family on family trips avoid countries that have iguanas. That was (laughs) one of the most hilarious moments that I've had on the podcast thus far. I hope that is a good teaser. And um, I want to give a good teaser to Daryl Thompson because his goes up tomorrow. And uh, he is a huge fan of his wife, but he shared some tips on how you find a spouse and why a lot of it is like horse breeding. Wow. Kentucky Derby Day. <laughs> yes, you're going to have to listen to okay. this because I can't do that justice. <laughs> okay. All right. The one and only Rashini Rajkumar. And again, you obviously can hear her and you'll hear her tomorrow. <laughs> she is yeah. on tomorrow, 12 tomorrow. to 2, um, uh, for news and views. But also uh, go to WCCORadio.com forward slash Real Leaders to get her podcast. Thank you so much, Rashini, for your time tonight. And Esme, I hope we can get you on the podcast very soon. Absolutely. Absolutely. That'd be All great. Right. Thank you. Thanks, my friend. Okay, Bye. take care. All right. Rashini Rajkumar, uh, very, very cool, very forward-thinking and Gutsy, you know, I mean, you know, I know so many people in the broadcast business and they're kind of like, uh, you know, I'd love to start my own business. And most of us don't do it. And Rashini did. And it's been a huge success. So kudos to her. And obviously, this is very successful as well. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about the downtown scene with producer Devin Marshall. It is a country storm in downtown Minneapolis as Garth Brooks once again rules downtown Minneapolis. That, of course, is the one and only Garth Brooks, who has a concert tonight. He also had one last night. Uh, our producer, Devin Marshall, actually was had a, a booth, a promotions booth, for some of our other sister stations. And sounds like that was great. But, I mean, the energy downtown is amazing when I came in this evening. Everybody wearing the cowboy hats. There were people partying in the streets. I mean, it's like a holiday. Cowboy boots, flannels. Right. Uh, all he, of it. Right, and it's just uh, amazing. And Garth Brooks actually added a show after the governor of Minnesota, the then governor of Minnesota, Mark Dayton, said, you got to add another show. Yep. And he did. Actually requested. I mean, that so. is so cool. Uh, there's so much enthusiasm around him. And then also, I thought it was really cool. I'd love to you know, hear how, how it went. Um, his wife, Trisha Yearwood, had a tailgate party. Yep. And that sounds so cool because she is now somebody who has her own cooking show. Oh, and, does she? Yes, yeah, she does. Oh, and she's, know um, you know, she's really charismatic. But I, I saw, you know, one of our, uh, my one of my fellow anchors and, and reporters over WCCO Radio. Suddenly, I, you know, I looked up. I was kind of, you know, cleaning the kitchen and looked up yesterday, and there's there's Jennifer Merrily sitting there on the couch with Trisha Yearwood interviewing her for our six o'clock news yesterday. And I was like, that's pretty cool. But uh, it really is amazing, and, and there was a little some sound with Garth Brooks. He was saying how amazing this market is for him. Yeah, I know uh, Minnesota is actually a good country market, which kind of surprises me. But I think especially summertime when you get out on the lake right. and the weather, people you know just put on country and 
and go crazy. But speaking of that tailgate, it's called Trisha's Tailgate Party, right. I think. Like, and it's right on U.S. Bank Plaza. And it's like three big tents. And it's got cool like rope lights. Oh, cool. Okay. It's really nice. And it looks like, um, I don't know. I don't know how much you pay to get in, but it looks like whatever you pay, you're getting your money's worth. Right. I mean, but it was, you know, the, the hotel, I park in a parking ramp, you know, near a hotel and the hotel lobby's jammed and you know, everybody's just rocking out to Garth Brooks. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. So doing promotions um, for our sister stations and even WCCO got in on this. Um, there's a fairly new place right down the street called Finnegan's. And oh, it's okay. Like, um, I've heard of it. I heard it's, it's supposed to be really cool. good. Yeah. Yeah. I had I had never really even heard of it till yesterday. I went there to help Joe Jonkis set up some stuff because Paul and Jordana did their show from there yesterday. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. And so you go in there. It's a brewery. They brew their own beer. And then there's a hotel next door that they partner with. The hotel does the food. Um, supposedly they have great pizza, pasta. But it's just a really cool vibe. They have a patio out there. They had live music, which – Especially today, the weather has been perfect. The weather's uh, – today, can we just bottle it? It's been so lousy. Right. <laughs> Even yesterday, there was a few raindrops um, yeah. for a little bit, and it was a little windy at some points, but even – I mean, you'll take 60 and windy over the negative 20. Yeah, you know, I, I have, I have like, this fall I got, like, a super, super warm down coat that goes almost to my ankles. I absolutely love it Smart. from Land's End. And then I've got this lighter down coat that I wore for, you know, a few winters. It wasn't enough, but it, it, I actually got it at Costco. It's great. It smushes up. You can pack it. I'm, like, wearing it. I'm still wearing oh, it yeah. this yeah, past yeah. week because it was so cold. Yeah, I still keep my winter coats in my car just in case because, right. I, I mean – you never know. It could be – the forecast could be 60 and sunny and then two days before whatever day, it's Absolutely. supposed to be 30. But so really quick, um, we we threw parties all around the city and it's amazing because I just walk around and I'm, I was telling coworkers, I'm like, I can't imagine what it would be like to be Garth Brooks where they're shutting down streets for you. There's people all over waiting just to see you. The governor is requesting another show for you, right, Darius? And Rucker. he seems like he seems like a really cool. Yeah, he's. Yeah, but anyway, you're saying Darius Rucker, who I love too, and is a big star in his own right, is actually opening for Garth Brooks tonight. That would be a really um, great show. Oh now. my gosh! Ah. And um, so I'm just I'm like walking around. All these people are are waiting to see him. They're shutting down streets. The weather's perfect, and. I don't know. We had out at Eric the Red um, a DJ. People are showing up hours in advance. But I keep hearing all these amazing facts about Garth Brooks where I think he's the all-time – country's all-time um, – he sold the most records in country. He sold like 160 million records. Um, oh, he's great. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. He's amazing. And then a lot of me – I mean I'm a country fan, not the biggest country fan. But for me, he's one of those guys that you know a bunch of his songs but you don't know – it's him until right. all of a sudden they're playing a Garth Brooks right. song. You're like, oh, I didn't know this was his yeah. song. But, I mean, he's outsold Pink Floyd. I'm just looking on it's here. Amazing, uh, yeah. Rolling Stones. Cool. I mean, it's just. Very cool. Yeah, it's very, right. it's well, a very I hope, fun atmosphere. I hope everybody has a fabulous time. Well, listen, folks, we have to take a break. We're going to give you some weather. And when we come back, we're going to be joined by Frank Rame, Dr. Frank Rame. He's an Alina Health Clinic infectious disease specialist. Uh, the latest on measles, this is continuing. This is a real problem, and a lot of people are getting concerned. So we're going to visit with him at, um, after the break, after the weather. So keep it here. You're listening to News Talk 830.
Hey there, folks. It is 735 in the Twin Cities. Hope you're having a great Saturday evening. Esme Murphy with you until 9 o'clock in our 8 o'clock hour. I'll be chatting with my friend Professor David Schultz on politics. But right now we are going to visit with a leading infectious disease specialist, Dr. Frank Rame, about the outbreak of measles that seems to be getting worse. Uh, Dr. Rame is with uh, the Alina Health Clinic. He is an infectious disease specialist, and he is joining us right now. Dr. Rame, thank you so much for coming on. It's a delight to talk to you again, Esme. Absolutely. All right. We keep hearing about this. There are new outbreaks. I mean, how bad is this? Well, it's pretty bad, actually. Uh, I think there's been focus on the number of cases. It was 704 at the last uh, uh, last week's update. The CDC updates this on uh, Monday, so we'll get a new, new number on, on uh, Monday. But what's more important to me is that there are actually nine separate outbreaks underway. So it's not just the, the number of cases. If this is all one, one outbreak in one place, it wouldn't worry me quite as much. But we've got nine separate outbreaks underway in the country. And how, how contagious is measles? So it's extremely contagious if, you, uh, if, if you're not immune, if you don't have been vaccinated or haven't had the disease. So in, in household context, for instance, if somebody in your household has it, there's more than a 90% chance you'll get it. Uh, so and and sometimes the things can be very subtle. So that woman in California who w- watched the movie uh, uh, on her first day of measles, Lord knows how many people are going to get it from that because it could be quite a few. All right. So th- this woman uh, on her first day, and she wasn't. Oh, because you you can have measles and not be aware of it yet. They, well, she's she was sick, but she didn't recognize the measles. It's not very characteristic until you get the rash. So it sort of seems like a cold until you get the rash. Um, and in terms of, um, uh, you know, the, the exposure, it, it's, as you mentioned, you know, it's, it's so contagious. Somebody sitting in, in a movie theater, presumably most of the people or many of the people in the movie theater, we hope, have been vaccinated. I've seen some things about um, vaccinations and the date 1960. Um, what is the status? I mean, I, I would, I know that most people who are listening now probably have been vaccinated, but they probably obviously don't remember because you're, you're obviously very young. Uh, they may have been at a time when you didn't get like the booster, all of that. What is the status of, of the measles vaccine and, and in terms of, you know, the way it, it, people have gotten it over the past few decades? So, so for most adults, one dose is enough per lifetime, but there are these exceptions. And that's one of them. There was a killed vaccine in use in the late 60s. Uh, and, and it's characteristic killed vaccines that the immunity doesn't last as long. And so their immunity has waned too much from that vaccine. So if you, if you were vaccinated in the 60s and you don't know what vaccine you got or uh, you know you got one of these killed vaccines, then you should get a second dose. The other people who should get a second dose, the other adults who should get a second dose, are people who live in, in a household with someone who has immunosuppression because it's particularly important not to expose them. We do it also for overseas travel. Uh, and uh, that's the, the – so I don't know the story in the California one, but as a guest, she was she did have overseas travel, either didn't see a travel clinic or they didn't advise a second dose. So we, we do try to get 
there's a lot of measles overseas. We do try to get people, adults, to get that second dose if they're going to go overseas. We do it with uh, college students. We do it with healthcare workers. So there are these special cases where a second dose for adults is worthwhile. Okay. There's no recommendation uh, for a third dose. Because the woman who was in the movie theater, I believe she had been vaccinated, right? I don't know that detail. Okay. Okay. Uh, she may, but my guess is that she didn't have two doses and and did go overseas and should have had two doses. Okay, all right. But, L- let's go back to what you said about people who were vaccinated in the 1960s, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who are listening who may have been vaccinated in the 60s, but obviously maybe their parents have passed away. They're, they're really not. They, they don't remember it. They're not sure. What was the protocol? How old were people when they were vaccinated in the 60s, for the most part? So I wish I could get this exactly right. I'm I'm not going to get it exactly right, but but so we, we basically presume that people before born before 57 had natural illness, uh, uh, and and thereafter we started vaccinating people. About 1981, I believe, we first started uh, vaccinating people, and it became clear that a second dose was worthwhile. Uh, I'm going to guess I don't know. It probably it was around 1960 a second dose. So these kids or these people, they were probably kids then, got a second dose of this killed vaccine, and it just didn't last long enough. So it wasn't as good as the, as the live right. ones that we use now. Uh, nowadays, almost all kids get two uh, at, at, in, in childhood. They get one at 12 months and at uh, four to five years, and okay. uh, they're, they're, they're in good shape. And, and it, back in the 60s, were they vaccinating kids when they were 12 months old, or did, did they wait until they were a little older? Uh, it was that it, I, I think the first dose has pretty much always been given around 12 uh, months. Uh, the, the, you, you can give it earlier, but there, there's enough maternal antibody around that it doesn't quite produce as good a result. We do recommend, actually, if a six-month-old is going to go overseas, we do give the vaccine, but then we give them two doses after they're 12. 12 oh, wow. Okay. All right. Because, I mean, that, that you know, one of the many, many questions here is, what if you do have a baby, uh, you know, a baby that is that is younger than 12 months old? Uh, what what should you do? How concerned should you be? So if you're not if, if you're not going overseas or uh, you're not in one of these communities uh, that's having an outbreak, then basically just wait till they're 12 months old. Uh, but if you but if you are going overseas or if you if you're in one of these communities and you have a six month old that that six month old should be vaccinated. And, and what should somebody do with, with with a child that's younger than six months? I mean, do well, you not go outside? I mean, well, that that's got to be very we, we, scary. We, I, I'd I'd be terrified if I was you know a mother a new mother with a yeah. baby that young. So it's so as, as you may know, uh, mothers' antibodies pass the placenta to the baby. So by the, it, through about six months, they've got enough maternal antibody in them, circulating okay. in them, to be protective. Okay, so 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 that that's still that's still good enough. And then you actually are recommending it for people who go overseas. Let me ask you about one of the scenarios that 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 you presented uh, to me. Uh, that you might want to look at a booster if you live with somebody uh, who has a, a, a suppressed immune system. Explain that one for me again. So so. One of the really sad things about the anti-vax movement is, is they're putting these people at real jeopardy, because uh, the, the, if you if you get a case of measles and you've had one dose and you didn't get the second dose, 
you may get measles. It's only 95% effective, but it won't be that bad, measles. But there are kids who have genuine medical exceptions, kids who have very immunosuppressing conditions. We do not give them the vaccine because it's a live vaccine. We worry about vaccine strain okay. illness in them. So, so there, are some, there are some children, some people who have not been given vaccines because of their, their medical history and their medical conditions. Exactly. So there this are is too dangerous. medical reasons for not getting vaccinated. But those kids are super vulnerable because not only are they not vaccinated, but they have a weakened immune system in the first place. So when one of those kids gets measles, they're in big jeopardy. So you really don't want, if if you have a kid in in your household that could not get vaccinated because of a medical exemption, uh, exemption because they shouldn't get vaccinated, then you really, really, really want to not give them measles. And so that second dose in an adult in that situation is definitely worthwhile. Right. And should you should you go to your doctor and ask them? Absolutely. So so I, that's that's a very good point because I don't think many docs are 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 going to be taking the time to ask is there somebody in your household that uh, um, has a weakened immune condition? Uh, that's asking a lot uh, with the amount of time we have with patients these days. Uh, so you should volunteer that to your doc. Say, hey, doc, I, I only had one dose and my, my kid's got okay. leukemia, and uh, should I get a second dose? And that's a great okay. point to make. All right. And let me ask you, what, what, what does measles do to the body? I mean, what, 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 if you get measles, what, what is actually going on? So it's a generalized viral infection. It's really probably every cubic millimeter of your body has got measles virus growing away. Uh, and our reaction to it actually is what produces that rash. We're, we're, we're trying to kill it. Uh, the, 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 the complications, uh, there's, there's two big complications, death and encephalitis. And the death is just... An those are the complications. Infection. So the, the, those don't always happen, but they can happen. Yeah. Oh, no, no. So, death so, is, yeah. so in the U.S., we, we figure at least one per thousand, maybe two per thousand will be dead from measles. And another one will have encephalitis. And encephalitis is brain infection. And that very often is left leaves permanent residua. If you're in the third world where, where nutrition is poor, uh, it's probably more like one in a hundred kids uh, who get measles die. So it's a nasty illness. Way, it's way nastier than uh, mumps or rubella. Uh, uh, they're, they're, they're nasty, but, but they don't care like measles does. Okay. Um, in terms of um, uh, the protection, there was a lot of news this week about this cruise ship that was quarantined, uh, I believe it was in Florida, and people were not being allowed off of it uh, because there was one person with measles on the ship. Why would you do that? Is that something, I mean, why, why does that make sense? Uh, I, <laughs> or does no, it not make sense? It was actually in Curacao. Uh, this was a uh, Scientologist of course, how, yeah. treat ship. Uh, but Scientologists are not anti-vax, so, that, so that's not the issue. Uh, um, so... Uh, so if you're sitting there at Curacao and you haven't had a case of measles in your country in a long while, uh, I don't know what the situation is in Curacao. We used to we used to be measles-free in this country. We were declared measles-free in 2000. I don't know if we're going to maintain that status. Uh, uh, if, but if you are measles-free in Curacao and a, a cruise ship lands with one case and and eight you know 800 people want to get off and wander around, I can understand why you want to keep them in in. in uh, until until an incubation period goes by, and and what 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 is the what what do you mean by incubation? Period? So you mean? you don't get measles the first minute you get exposed to the virus. It uh, it, it takes ten to to uh, fourteen days before you get sick. 
So, so if some if that person uh, they, they I'm sure they quarantined that person as soon as they figured it out. But but from the from the last moment that person was wandering around the ship until 14 days later, you don't know if if any of those shipmates are going to come down with measles, and you really don't want them wandering around your your city. Okay, so so in other words, somebody is sick on this cruise ship, and it's you know a, a Monday, and and they're diagnosed with measles. You have to wait 14 days. Yeah. So so I I I, I if I were I don't know what what was going on there exactly. Right. But if I were doing it, I'd say, okay, you can get off the ship if you can prove you've had a dose of measles vaccine or two doses. I don't know what the standard would be, maybe two doses okay. in this situation. Get off the ship if you can, if you can demonstrate, you get, you know, get some records facts that prove you had, you had two doses of vaccine, okay. you can get off the ship. But if you're, if you're exposed and under vaccinated or unvaccinated, you got to stay on the ship until I'm pretty sure you're not going to come down with measles. Right. And um, so let's say you're ex- and you can just be exposed by walking by somebody. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, you know, that that's why this is so, so dangerous. So these are true airborne infections. Most of a lot of times we think of, of uh, colds and, and, and the like as being airborne. They're really not. There's large drops. You cough on somebody. These drops only go a couple meters from your mouth and they fall to the ground. Measles is true airborne. If, if you go in, if a kid is in the waiting room with measles, kid leaves the room, half an hour later, you go into that room, you could get measles because That's, it stays in the air. I mean, think about that. Half an hour later, you go into the same room and, and you, you, you can get it because it's, it's still in the air. Um, so l- l- let me ask you about this incubation period again. So you're exposed um, and any time between the, the day that you're exposed and the moment you're exposed, you've got 14 days for which the measles might manifest themselves? Yes. That's a long time. Yep. It, and, and that's an intriguing issue as well, which you, nobody really mentions because it's so rare. But if you got exposed and had never been vaccinated, if you were exposed yesterday, I would try to vaccinate you right now because the vaccine produces antibodies within about seven days. Natural illness doesn't arise until about 10 days. So if you're in the first three days after an exposure and you're totally vulnerable, uh, you, you can actually beat the virus to, to with the vaccine. The vaccine right. will produce immunity faster than, your, than, the, yeah. than the disease will arise. Right. And, you know, in terms of the anti-vax movement, I don't I don't know if people realize and I don't I'm not sure that we in the media are doing a good enough job in reporting on this movement. And there's some thought, well, you, you don't want to report on it because you know, the, all the scientific evidence says that, that it's, you know, these people are, are, this is wrong. This is just factually wrong. But I, I was over at the Capitol. Uh, there was actually a measure to restrict um, uh, people's abilities to not, to opt out of vaccines. And there was a huge protest, an enormous protest. Um, hundreds of people were there with their kids, with their families, uh, all anti-vaxxers. And, you know, it, it just made me realize the, these, this is not a small number of people who feel this way. So it is a small number, but they're very, you know, it, it, it's not a, not a lot in terms of the percent of the population, but you get them all in one room uh, pretty, pretty unhappy. That, that it seems like a lot of people. But, well, it, it does seem like a lot of people. And, and I guess, and you're, you're right, of course, that, that, that percentage wise, it's not, but it's, they're not going away, and I, I think that they, they use social media um, to, to, you know, keep you know themselves together and to get their word out or whatever. That's why, as I said, this protest was a significant protest, 
and the person um, that bill went nowhere because um, yeah. So the bill was one that would uh, keep you from using the personal or religious or philosophical exemption uh, to get your kids into school. Right now, uh, we ask that that uh, for school entrance, the kid be vaccinated. But if you say, "I think my God thinks this is a bad idea," you get a pass. Your kid gets in without vaccination, or you can say, "I'm philosophically against it." Your kid gets in. Uh, and and that's pretty easy to do, and there's no argument. You, you, you just so so an any any vax movement can can get a lot of unvaccinated kids into school with that pass. California and Oregon have removed the philosophical and religious ob- objection as a way of uh, of getting your kid into school without being vaccinated. That bill would have done the same thing. It went nowhere. Right. And let me ask you: this. Uh, there are a lot of people. Um, not I shouldn't let say, but there are people who are giving their children vaccines now, but they're delaying them. In other words, they are doing one dose or they're not doing, you know, the regimen. I, I think I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. They're yeah. saying, and, and I, you know, I, I've a mother, you know, I, I remember having a newborn and suddenly this little thing is being injected with all this stuff. And you're like, gosh, is this really um, so, right to do, but but there are people who are delaying this, and and I'm hearing from from medical professionals that that is incredibly dangerous. Yeah, so so you want kids vaccinated as soon as they can benefit from vaccine. You want to get the vaccine to them. You want to get them immune fast. Uh, and the, these regimens are, are totally uh, out of the air. Nobody studied them. Nobody has any information that they're doing any good. Uh, that, 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 that the schedule is, is reasonable. The stuff, in, vaccine stuff, is so studied in such excruciating detail. It's, it's probably the arena of medicine that has the most rigorous study. Probably that's actually probably a good thing the vaccine vaxxers have done. They made the vaccine community so uh, conservative and 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 go to such lengths to study each little tiny variant. And and so the regimens that are are advocated have been studied to death. Right. Uh, and and to just say, oh, I'd, I'd rather give it in some other schedule which nobody's ever studied, that's just insane. Right. Well, listen, Dr. Frank Rehm uh, with Alina Health Clinic's uh, infectious disease specialist. I defer I defer to the medical professionals when it comes to myself and my family and, and my teenagers now. So um, thank you so much. I think this is you know important information. Obviously, uh, a lot of people concerned about this. We appreciate your time this evening. I appreciate the opportunity to rant a little bit. Thanks. Absolutely, no, no. It's it's and you know you, you are the professional. You're the expert, and and I think it's important. I personally feel it's important to listen to people like you. I put my trust in in people like you, and and so I I, I get my car fixed by somebody who knows way more than I do. I <laughs> there you go. Yeah. All right, thank you, sir. We appreciate it. Bye bye. All right, folks, we're going to take a quick break. You are listening to News Talk A three O. It is 7.56 in the Twin Cities. Esme Murphy with you through 9 o'clock. Great to be with you on a Saturday evening. So nice that it was such a great day out today. And so cool that Garth Brooks is here. And and there's so many people enjoying that concert again tonight. uh, It was fun kind of walking in here as I was sharing with uh, our producer, Devin, just – People were just in their cowboy boots, and you, you would have thought you were in Texas if you're wandering around uh, Minneapolis tonight. It's it's kind of neat. I uh, want to let you know to please tune in to WCCO-TV Sunday morning, 6 a.m., 10.30 a.m. Mike Gustinak and I will be there with all the latest news and weather. I uh, want to tell you about our 10.30 a.m. show. Uh, I, think, I think this is going to be really interesting. Um, Tina Smith, of course, is our United States senator, and she went public 
this past week with the fact that she has struggled with depression. And I, I first of all, want to say I, I think that's just amazing because I think putting it out there like that helps other people. But she's going to talk about that, and she's also going to talk about her continued push to get uh, mental health funding for schools as well as special education funding for schools. She's going to talk about her own struggle. And also we're going to have House Speaker Melissa Hortman. She's going to talk about what is going on in the legislature. Can they get it done? I can't wait to hear about that because I'm going to be covering it all this week for uh, WCCO-TV. So keep it here. News Talk 830. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.